Hey there, I'm Christina, and welcome to my podcast. Nuance Beauty is intended to be a spot where I'll capture some varied thoughts and challenge us to hold to our opinions loosely so that we can see the beauty in others and in ourselves. I want us to dive deeper into those everyday topics or those sticky topics and thoughts that we might shy away from or bulldoze over others with our opinions. Because I think if we all thought exactly the same, there would be no need for anyone else. So let's get nuanced. Welcome back. For today's topic, I'd like us to consider the question, what's the point of personality tests? Let's begin with a story that begins with a simple question. How did you feel about it? Years ago, I was driving home from an interview and I called my husband as soon as I got in the car. He asked me, how did you feel about the interview? I proceeded to tell him all the questions I was asked and how I answered everything And I probably mentioned the challenging moment or two where I felt a little stumped by the question and I had to improv and just roll with whatever answer I gave. And then I probably finished out my summary with the observations I made about the folks interviewing me, if they seemed to be interested or not, and just the general reading of the room. My husband then asked me again, but how did you feel about it? My answer, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah, the interview went good. I think he may have subtly laughed at my response because I didn't give him a single emotion in my recap of this interview. This is where the tool of the Enneagram made light of things I didn't really notice before. I mean, I clearly could notice a disconnect or miscommunication that I would have, this sense of tension, but I just couldn't quite put my finger on it. If you haven't heard of the Enneagram, first, I'll spell the word for you to save you the random Google search that I did, when trying to figure out what the word was. So it's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. Now, I'd quickly summarize this as a personality test that tries to focus more on how you perceive life and interactions with people. There are nine numbers, one through nine, and each number has tendencies toward seeing the world in a certain manner. If you go online to take a test, the questions will mostly focus on these outward behaviors that you or others would notice about you. You might find a question like, would people generally describe you as very detail-oriented? Are you someone who is always on time for everything? Are you the life of the party? And so on. 
So uh, with these nine numbers, there are three ways of seeing or experiencing the world, which is referred to as the triads. We all can access all three, but we all have one area in particular that is the strongest and another area that supports it. And the third area is repressed or the least present and obvious to us. The three areas are the gut, the heart, and the head. These three triads are also described as the gut or anger, the heart or feelings, and the head or fear. If you've never broke down your thoughts from this perspective, you could take some time this week and try to pinpoint which area resonates strongest for you by asking yourself these three questions. How did that make you feel? What did you think about it? Or what did you do? For me, I quickly go into action with doing, and I can also quickly tell you what I thought happened or what I'm thinking about the situation. But to tell you how I felt about something is extremely challenging. I lack the words for feelings in many circumstances. Breaking the numbers down into these triads, we have the gut triad made up of numbers 8, 9, and 1, and the heart triad is numbers 2, 3, and 4, and the head is 5, 6, and 7. Now, I first learned the basics of the Enneagram from a book called The Road Back to You. It taught about all nine numbers, the triads, and the number we go to in stress, the number we draw from in comfort, and our wings, which are the numbers on either side of our number. Beyond taking a test to identify our number, there's an opportunity for deeper reflection to be done here. I felt like this book gave me words to describe my inner dialogue and what I was perceiving. I felt like it also gave me language for how other people might be thinking and feeling entirely different than me. Rather than getting hung up on why we couldn't connect, like in the example of my husband asking me how I felt and me completely answering without any feelings, I now had a basic concept that feelings simply do not come quickly to me. I wasn't avoiding his question here, which is one way he could have interpreted my poor answer. He could have thought that I was just not wanting to open up or I was concealing something but I just genuinely struggle to live in the space of emotions. The Enneagram teachings dig deeper by trying to answer why we do what we do. Each number has a core virtue and passion or sin that guides our behaviors and actions. I was able to see my own tendencies here as I dug into this book. So I am an eight, which is identified as the challenger. I have a strong sense of independence and self. 
I want the truth and quickly identify who has power or control when I walk into a room. One of the sharpest criticisms that someone had ever said about me, and it was behind my back, but I found out later, was this simple sentence. But does she ever think she's wrong? This statement really ticked me off years ago when I heard it. But having learned about my own tendencies through the Enneagram, I realized that it's a sharp point and it has some truth to it. And I'll have to wrestle with that. You see, if I thought I was wrong, I would go searching for the truth. And I will relentlessly search until I feel confident in what I've observed to be true. This pursuit of truth also plays strongly into the eight's passion, or sometimes referred to as sin, which is lust. Now, this lust isn't meant to be sexual in nature, but more so think of an intense energetic pursuit. I indeed have a lot of energy to think and do, which is in steep contrast to some of the other personality types out there. This tendency of mine can be viewed as excessive and intimidating to others. Now, I'm not going to spend time digging into all the numbers here. If you're curious to learn more about yourself and what number you are, my top pick is to start by reading The Road Back to You, Um, And if you really don't want to read a book on the topic, I think the Enneagram Institute website has a thorough online test to help you figure out your number, but it does cost. You can also Google free tests that'll narrow down what number you might be. Ultimately, one number should resonate best with you. Uh, That's partly why I enjoyed the books over the online tests because they dig deeper into those inner motivations and those explanations for all of the numbers right in front of you while you're reading through it in detail can really help you firmly uh, figure out where you land. Um, And I think that learning about all the other numbers is part of the fun too, and that's how we can grow here. Before we move on to other personality tests, I thought it'd be fun to share what I think would be the best advertising slogans for each number, and I think this might give you a little insight as to the personalities behind each of the numbers. So for one, demand perfection. For twos, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For threes, keep going and going and going and going. For fours, think different by Apple. For fives, discount double check. And for sixes, perhaps the more phobic six in your life, got milk. For sevens, I was torn between two, either Budweiser's, what's up, or McDonald's, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it, and for eights, just do it, 
by Nike. And for nines, we treat you like you treat you. All right, that's all for the Enneagram. Myers-Briggs tests seem to be a popular one for professional settings. I think that's where I uh, was exposed to the basics of this one. And these two tests aren't the only ones out there that we can wrestle with uh, to kind of figure out how we think. There's also the DISC test, and we can consider our birth order. There's also horoscopes. And there's relational books out there like the five love languages that will kind of give us some insight into how we think. People have been pondering about what we think about and trying to find patterns of thought for a very long time. So I'm sure that this list is not at all including everything available to us out there. Now, being aware of the nuance, we should take a decent minute to discuss the negatives or pushbacks for these personality tests. One big negative in these tests is it puts someone in a box. If we become too focused on what personality type someone is, we will fall prey to that confirmation bias and that justification trap that we discussed back in episode three. I think we all struggle with preferring clear and neat answers. We want to create this sense of control of what's going to happen and that we've all got it figured out so we can continue about our day uh, with some uh, resemblance of confidence and habit. Sitting in the tension of not knowing something for sure is very hard. So we cling to our frame of reference and we want to make sense of things and the people around us. But if we cling too tightly to putting people around us in a box, we will fail to hear them and will fail to give space for them to become something different. These tests can indeed be reductive And they can provide a way of dismissal, right? Like someone who knows the Enneagram could take their number and arrogantly say, well, it's just because I'm a three and use that as a way of saying that I don't need to do differently because this is the way I am. And that's, that's, that's a big negative. Uh, The last point is uh, navel gazing, right? Uh, These tests inherently are self-focused. And an argument to be made here is whether you have high self-esteem or you have low self-esteem, you're too focused on your own self-esteem. And that is the problem. But then we've got to consider the rebuttal. A reasonable argument in support of personality tests is that they allow people to find belonging in this messy thing we call humanity. We can often feel alone and isolated in our thoughts when we are unwilling to speak them out loud, and these tests certainly provide an outlet to affirm that we indeed are not alone and these patterns of thought are actually common and we're not the only one. Another solid point 
is this idea that if we were analyzing things from a scientific or a psychological standpoint, it would simply be ignorant to ignore a pattern we see. We all have patterns in our personality that bring out the best and worst in us. And noticing these patterns of both our strengths and our weaknesses will allow us to grow and flourish in community. We can both lift up the things that we're good at doing, and we can work on those areas of weakness where we just do not click well with others. My final thought here is that I would like to challenge you to form your own conclusions. Do a little research yourself. For me, I was not a fan of the Myers-Briggs assessment. Maybe it's because the way it was introduced to me, but it felt too behavior focused and I tended to be in that thought of this feels reductive and putting someone in a box. But the way the Enneagram was introduced to me allowed me to see some of the underlying motivations and the thought processing and I found it useful. So I guess what I would say is hold on to some skepticism that no single personality test is going to solve all your problems, but perhaps it could be a handy tool to add to your tool belt. This week's book recommendation was already mentioned in today's episode. Go check out The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crone and Suzanne Stabile to learn the basics of Enneagram. And the book to read right after that is called The Path Between Us, An Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships by Suzanne Stabile. I wanted to throw both of these books out here at the same time because I think um, they pair nicely. And I read them kind of back to back, probably within the same couple of weeks. And uh, the one book will kind of give you the foundation of knowledge about what the Enneagram is, what the numbers are to help you pinpoint where you fall. And the path between us is going to focus on relationships and how you relate with other numbers. I felt like this book had a lot of practical advice on the highs and lows of relating to other people based on their personality types. And I think that the author has so many insights. Um, She has taught and spoken to many audiences and she has her own podcast out there. Um, And this book uh, brought a wealth of knowledge from her experience, and there were many good stories to keep your attention and see how she has learned from others and how others have related together. I'd like to take a moment here at the end to thank you for your listening. I know that there are plenty of podcasts out there that you could tune into, and I am honored to have you paying attention to mine. So if you are loving what you're hearing, I would love a rating and comment or review and share it with a friend. And if you're not loving what you're hearing, please shoot me an email. It's nuancebeauty at yahoo.com. 
Uh, in all seriousness, I would love your feedback and I appreciate you spending your time with me today. Take care until next time.